Oh my gosh, it is. Hello America and welcome to Friday. Oh my goody, we've got quite a program for you today. It's not actually me, I'm a cardboard cutout uh, that is in this seat because... Well, we know you're a fan of this program, but because of COVID, we can't actually have any of our real hosts here. So behind me and here at Home Plate, I'm going to put some extra cardboard cutouts of uh, some of the fans of the show. And we might even digitize you so you can laugh and cheer and boo at the appropriate times. Why not? Major League Baseball is doing it. One of the... One of the, the, the real quintessential American pastimes. Major League Baseball. One of the slowest, most boring, excruciating games on the planet. Well, whoa, But whoa. we like it because it's real. It's real. Mm, not so much. Can I take you back in a time machine to when baseball and opening day... And baseball and the World Series actually meant something, and there were no cardboard cutouts behind home plate. We're going to begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, prepare yourself for the latest and greatest in sleep technology from MyPillow. Mike Lindell is rolling out his latest creation, MyPillow Mattress Toppers. Now, if you've ever used a MyPillow or any of the other fantastic products this company makes, you know you're in for a treat with a new product, a, a mattress uh, topper from MyPillow, made of three layers that provide superior support, can evenly distribute your uh, body weight, and the best part, Regulate the temperature throughout the night. Four corner straps hold your topper in place, and it is all covered with a durable, soft-as-silk fiber that zips right off. Completely machine-washable and dryable. If your bed is uncomfortable before you buy a new mattress, please try the new mattress topper instead. You're going you're gonna to have a great night's sleep. And if you don't, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. So right now you can get 30% off the new MyPillow mattress topper plus two standard MyPillows in one bundle. Just log on to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials and use the promo code back and receive this incredible offer. It is the MyPillow mattress topper and two pillows come with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's MyPillow.com, promo code back, or call 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com. I was 11 years old. It was the summer of 1975. I contend it was the summer that my dad and I won Game 6 of the World Series. And I remember it like it was yesterday. You know those kind of memories that you can, you can smell the memory. You can, you can smell the house. You can smell the grass. Everything is just so vivid. The way grass smells right after it's been cut in the summer. You can see the way the sun would shine and, and it would come through the living room window and bounce off the hardwood floor every morning. You slept with your window open and you could feel the cool breeze in the morning. Do you remember what it felt like every day, running and playing, just being a kid? 
summertime meant something. Summertime. We don't crave the summer just for the sun. We crave it because it was it was the most important time in our life. I don't know if it's like this for kids anymore, but it was in the summer that you became who you are. You became your own person. You developed a life of your own. It's where you found what you love and later who you love. When I was 11 years old, I found what I love. Radio. Radio in a bizarre way. And my love of baseball through the radio. But it, it was all tangled up in summer. And one summer, it just consumed me. My passion. Every single day that summer, nine o'clock, I would meet with Jim and Freddie and my best friend Mike, along with seven or eight other interchangeable stragglers, and we'd make about a two-mile hike into a rundown field. It was right off of Main Street behind the hardware store. And none of us had a $200 aluminum bat or a case of brand new baseballs and nobody was watching us. We had an old wooden bat that had been given to Freddie by his older brother. He had cracked it at practice, so we, we took some tape and we, we bound that bat up, held together by the tape. The grip was so worn that you were sure to go home with a splinter or two every single day. The ball we had found in the woods. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so it was a little waterlogged. It had been there for a few months, so it was more of a shot put than a baseball. But that didn't stop us. Every day, all day, we'd be there. And we wouldn't stop for anything except for the trek over to the store on the corner where we would get a Coke or some bazooka bubble gum. And we'd all pretend we were in the major leagues. We'd stand there for hours with a stick in your hand, swinging away against imaginary pitchers, practice rounding the bases, winning the game, the last game of the World Series. Those were remarkable summer days. But then, the real excitement came when I came home because we'd rush through dinner and we'd clean our rooms so we could sit in front of the TV and our mom would say, don't sit so close, you're going to get eye cancer. But we were able to watch the first few innings of the game, but only the first few innings because mom and dad were both sticklers for bedtime. Even during the summer, we're like, there's no homework, there's no school. We'd beg, we'd complain, we'd scream, we'd argue, we'd do, you know, I'm just down for a drink of water, I just need, we did all the tricks. Never got me past the fourth inning. Sometime in the fourth inning, my dad would drag me up to bed, and that would be the end of my baseball adventure for another day. Or so he thought. It was early that summer that I discovered what I like to call the vent. 
I think it's where I get my love for radio. We had this old house, and there was this big old black iron vent at the top of the stairs. And it served as a tunnel straight to the ballpark. We'd get tucked in. I'd wait for mom to go to bed. And then I'd slowly open the door and my head would peek out and I would creep towards the hallway. I'd carefully place my feet in a pattern that I had diligently created. It took me a long time to find out exactly which boards creaked and which ones didn't. Then I would slowly get on my hands and knees and I would place my face, my ear, to that cold vent. I can still feel the cold steel up against my face and the sound of the TV. I couldn't see any pictures. I had to make them in my mind. As that sound would make its way up the metal tube and spill out into a picture painted by words. A picture that was so vivid in my imagination that I felt like I had front row seats right behind home plate. I had a hot dog in my hand, a soda, a box of Cracker Jacks. I could smell the grass. I remember listening to the World Series that year. It was, the, it was between the Reds and the Red Sox. And while the broadcasters were artists with their words, it was a number that stuck out of my head most of all, and that number was 1918. 1918. The Red Sox hadn't won the World Series since 1918, but this year, they had to win because I wanted them to. My dad wanted them to. I sat there in the hallway night after night. My knees, I swore, were bruising. My back would ache. Just waiting for the moment that the Red Sox would do the impossible and defeat the big red machine. Five nights of heart-pounding suspense. Red Sox were down three games to two. By this time now, summer had ended. School had returned. My bedtime was strictly enforced. It was October 21st, I remember the date. October 21st, 1975. I remember everything. It was right after the second inning that I had to go upstairs kicking and screaming, I just need another drink of water. I can still remember my dad saying, don't worry, I'll tell you about it in the morning. After I gave up and as I was kind of stomping up the stairs, I remember thinking, you're not going to have to tell me. I know I don't have to wait until tomorrow because I have the vent. And as I hit the top of the stairs, I quickly washed up and climbed into my bed and waited to hear my mom pass by my door. Check on it, see if I was sleeping. I was good at pretending. I waited in my bed for five long World Series minutes. Five minutes. I heard her come up the stairs. I heard her close her door. Her night was over. And mine had just begun. I remember getting up carefully, oh, so carefully, stepping out of my room, creeping across the floor, putting my feet in exactly the right spots, make sure there wasn't a sound or a creak from the floorboard. And I 
slowly, carefully made my way to the vent. Down on my hands and knees, my face pressed up against the cold steel. That's when everything changed. I wasn't there for very long when I heard a sound. I heard the sound. It was a unique sound. It was There was nothing else in the house that sounded like this, especially if you're listening for this sound. If this sound is trouble, when you hear this sound, you don't miss it. It was the sound that only my father could make when he pulled the squeaky lever on his tattered, you know, vinyl recliner. I instantly broke into a cold sweat. He's getting out of his chair. Now, some things in life are certain. There's death, there's taxes, and there's dad sitting in his favorite chair watching America's pastime. Okay, 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 don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. He's just going to the fridge. He's getting another beer, don't panic. He's gotta go to the bathroom. I'm sure that's what it is. He's not coming upstairs. I haven't made a sound. But I could hear the squeak of the floors downstairs, and they were not headed toward the kitchen or the bathroom. They were headed towards the stairs. I sat there, paralyzed, seemingly unable to move. I, 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 I don't know what happened to me. I could not move. I don't know when it dawned on me that it was too late. There's no way I could get out of here and go back to bed because I'd have to run across the floor. I'd give myself away. This is the first moment as a kid. I mean, when you're a little kid, maybe. But this was... I was i was becoming an adult. And yet this was the first moment that I... I really willed myself to be invisible. I am invisible. He will not see me. Yeah, that didn't work. Um, maybe it occurred to me when I, I heard the creak of the first stair that he... He wasn't walking up the stairs, but he was sneaking up the stairs. My dad seemed to have the same kind of abilities that I was developing. We had something in common. I heard the creak of the first stair and then the second and then the third, and my mind began to scramble for an excuse. I had to go to the bathroom and I just fell. I dropped something down the vent, Dad. and I, was, I didn't have a good excuse. He was almost at the top of the stairs and I could see the back of my dad's bald head. I just sat there like a deer in headlights. My only defense. I, 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 was, just, I was just hoping that I wasn't going to get run over in this accident like that deer. I, I, I stared at my father. He stopped at the top of the stairs. His back still facing me. He still hadn't seen me. He paused. I was frozen. And then he turned. But the way he turned... He turned and looked straight directly at me. He knew I was there with the vent. I wondered if he had known I had been there every night before. I sat there and I waited a very loud and unbearable punishment and my dad looked at me and I looked up to him, guilty eyes begging for lenience, and I just said, Hi. He looked at me and he smiled and he shook his head and he said, Come downstairs. I thought I was going to get the punishment of my life. And then he said, And don't wake your mother. The two of us both tipped back down the stairs and we sat there trying to contain our excitement as the game went into extra innings. 
I'd never seen a smile on my dad's face like this. I knew if just the two of us had rooted hard enough that the Red Sox would win. They couldn't lose because my dad and I were now in it together. It was the bottom of the 12th inning. Up steps Carlton Fisk. Red Sox catcher. First pitch up and in. Ball one. Palms were sweating in anticipation. Pat Darcy, Cincinnati pitcher, began his windup, and my dad said, This is it. This is it. He was right. Darcy released a sinker down and in. Fist just belted it down the line. My dad stood up and yelled, Stay fair! Stay fair! And it's as if any thought of my mom sleeping was completely gone and disappeared with a crack of the bat. Stay fair! He kept screaming. Even Fisk was standing on the plate with both hands waving, trying to will the ball fair. My dad and I were both now standing, screaming, Stay fair! Some people would say that my dad and I had nothing to do with the World Series that year. Some would say that a father and a son can't make a ball stay fair. But I know in my heart, I know that's not true. The ball banged off the metal mesh of the pole, and it was fair. It was a home run. It won the game. My dad and I were just screaming. We were jumping so much. I think we woke up the entire neighborhood in the process. Well, everybody except my mother. But we didn't care. And once everything calmed down, it was just me and my dad standing there staring at the TV and then at each other. Our shoulders were squared back. Fisk could hit the ball, but we were the ones that kept it fair. The Red Sox would go on to lose game seven, but it didn't matter. I had spent a night with my dad that neither of us would ever forget. My dad and I won game six of the World Series. And we want it together. As I look back on that night in October, I can't help but think that the only way that this could have been better would be if if just one word of this story had actually been true. Opening day, World Series. If you have ever bought or sold a home, you're probably aware of a particular phenomena where every now and then you just stop and look up at the ceiling going, could I just have a day where something is going right? One day? Brother, I know it's frustrating playing the real estate game. Half the time, you don't even know what to do. And when it comes to picking a real estate agent, uh, how do you pick them? What do you interview them about? How, how do you know if they're going to get the job done? You need somebody who's not only going to be able to guide you through the best practices, but also who, uh, you know, is never more than a touch of a button away from the, the sort of expert that you need. And they're never more than a touch of button away when you're like, ah, uh, Hey, the painter didn't show up. And that person knows the painter, knows everything, knows exactly what to do. And they're always there for you. 
the buying end of things, you need somebody that will get the most and best amount of bang for your buck in the right neighborhood. What you need is an agent from Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's my company, and we work with the very best of the best, and we don't charge you anything. It's Real Estate Agents I Trust. Do your own homework. Get an agent from realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I don't know about you, but I loved the uh, cardboard cutouts. Uh, I didn't even watch the game, uh, but I've seen some highlights, and uh, and I've seen a I've seen a promotion for uh, Fox Sports where they're saying they're going to digitize the crowds. Uh, no, no, I, I'm not even a baseball fan. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I I didn't. I didn't really even know anything about the Red Sox at all, or that they were even <laughs> ever in a World Series. Next. Okay, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm at the wit's end with wireless earbuds. I mean, you got to go wireless. Otherwise, you know, you turn into a a human bow and arrow every time you, you know, pass the refrigerator. Wait, did I say that out loud? Anyway, um, I have uh, I've had AirPods, and they're expensive and they're painful. I mean, you have to mortgage your house to buy them, and then it's like having a hammer in one ear and a sickle in the other. About to give up on wireless headphones, and then found Raycon. Let me tell you about their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds. The best ear, co- the best uh, earbuds that Raycon has put out yet. They have six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. They're comfortable, and they're half the price of the AirPods. Half the price. And they're just as good or better than all of their competitors. Stylish, discreet, they're comfortable, one-size-fits-all fitting system. You're going to love them. And so will your ears. 15% off your order now at buyraycon.com slash Beck. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Get Glenn Beck, Stephen Crowder, Dave Rubin, and me, Pat Gray. Listen to all the conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, did you watch opening day baseball yesterday? I did not. I was going to, then I decided, no, I'm too tired. I'm going to bed. So, I went to bed. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well, you missed every player and coach on the Yankees and Nationals kneel before the National Anthem. Yeah, I saw it this uh, morning. I saw a clip of it. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. But it was before the National Anthem. So, I I did appreciate that they did it before, not during. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they've got all the creativity now of, you know, the Washington. I'm sorry. I was going to say the Washington Redskins, the uh, Washington football team. <laughs> right. Yeah. Good oh, God. What a right. stupid. Are you kidding me? That's what you've come up with. And I know it's only temporary, but that's even that's stupid, even temporarily. Yes, it is. The Washington <laughs> football team. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> you've ignored maybe the worst part. The Washington, you're gonna you're gonna call the team after a slave owner? How how is that possible? Thank you. Right? They should just be called football team, and then their jerseys should say "Kill the cops." <laughs> <laughs> 
don't, I mean, that's don't what America's that all head. about. That's what America's <laughs> that's what America's begging for. Oh, yeah. Just football team <laughs> and kill the cops. Uh, I think that's a really good one. Um, so did you did you see the the uh, ad from Fox Sports? Can we play this? You read the title cards. You know, in that sportscaster voice that you do. Here's the uh, here's Fox Sports. Listen to what they're promoting. No fans. Not on Fox Sports. Thousands of virtual fans will attend Fox's MLB games on Saturday. And they're showing the digital fans are putting in the wow. Wearing their team's colors. Yes, they'll even be doing the wave. Really? <laughs> He's got him. I mean. He had him at hello. They had you at hello, <laughs> they did. didn't they? Yeah, they did. They had you at hello. It's probably I better than like leaving it. the stadium empty. It probably is. And, you know, if no, empty no, and silence is not good. just training us to stay at home. They're just training us to stay at home and everything is normal. This is not normal. You know, at least in uh, in England, uh, the or I think in Europe, the soccer stadiums are empty, too. Mm hmm. But they're filling them with people like Osama bin Laden. And, yeah, yeah, the cardboard cutouts. I mean, that's, I think that's that's actually yeah, funny. I kind of like that. Well, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't get I mean, away with that here, though. People would go ape crap over that, right? I mean, you. Why did you use the word? Why did you use the word ape? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. The wow. We were just talking about the Washington Redskins, <laughs> no, and it had then nothing to do with the Washington you, Redskins. Oh we're now talking gosh, baseball, if I'm even. not mistaken. But uh, wow, yeah. ice offensive. Was I think that America offensive heard too? it. Yeah, it was very <laughs> offensive to me. I'm apologizing to myself for even listening to you. I I'm sorry, Glenn, that you listened to him and and uh, you forced me to listen, and I'm. I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. Just don't let it happen again. I won't. Okay. All right. So we're uh, we're good with that. Um, you really like the? Uh, I like it better the, than the, an empty the, stadium. I, yeah. I mean, I, I would I rather have real people in the stadium. Yeah. But I like it better than an empty stadium with no. So in other words, no you're noise. fine. You're totally fine with the coronavirus and and the hoax and the <laughs> yes. And that's I'm sure that's what America is hearing right now. Yes, I'm totally you're fine with this the virus. new normal. This new normal is good for me. Let's keep good, it going. Guys. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's exactly. go. I, we could have virtual businesses and virtual <laughs> restaurants, and I'm good. Just, uh, you know, hook me up to the Matrix now. That's exactly what I just said. I don't like it. I know. I know. We heard it. <laughs> yeah. Racist. Uh, the, uh, the problem is, is I don't like the normalization of everything. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I guess I guess I hadn't thought of it that way. That that we're normalizing, but I, I just want a feeling of normal during this time. And I know that's exactly what happens feeling. in a in a Marxist revolution. You don't care anymore. You just want it to stop, mm-hmm. and you want it to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I mm-hmm. understand it. It's just something that you, Pat, have been been by my side, uh, mm-hmm. helping research and 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 warning people. 
when we get there, don't do that. Yeah, but it's okay in sports. It's fine in sports. We <laughs> just need it. <laughs> right. Okay. We need All right. It. No, I no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, can we talk about some some real problems? Uh, you know, um, and I hate to be all moralistic, but if you're cheating on your spouse, I think we all we all know that that's bad, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we do. We do. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. What would you compare it to, Stu? Uh, Pat? Uh, what would I compare cheating on your spouse to? Yeah, like like how bad of, you know. Well, I, I would place uh, it right under murder. I would place it just under murder on the scale of badness. So there's, really? there's murder and then there's cheating on your spouse. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. If you, if you murder your spouse that you were cheating on <laughs> is that double the crime or is it just like eh, they're both kind of the same so i'm only, mm. only one it's a really only one sin but it's uh, a big one well americans americans are very very clear on uh on how bad it is a poll of a thousand people found that one in ten consider their significant other eating at mcdonald's without them is as bad as cheating on them. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eating at McDonald's <sighs> without them. Wow. Is like cheating on them. Wow. Now, I do kind mm. of understand that. You know, I mm. uh if if she eats at McDonald's, I'm I'm okay as long as she brings me like a large coke or <laughs> Okay. fries or something like that yeah. okay but if she's eating there and i get into her car and it smells like mcdonald's and i say did you just eat at mcdonald's i do feel a little dirty <laughs> i do feel a little dirty uh yeah i i mean first of all it's hard for me to even imagine my wife at mcdonald's because that would just not happen uh but that's sad you know i i would sad i would think that if you watch a Netflix series that you're watching together and then when she goes to bed early and you sneak up stairs and watch it alone one night, that's like cheating on your spouse, right? That would be closer. I, yeah, that would be closer. I don't know. I'm a very big food person. So, uh, the McDonald's thing is more meaningful to you. It's uh, that's more of a, I no, not that I, have hid mcdonald's uh wrappers and stuff and and then driven home with the windows open even in the blazing heat so it doesn't (laughs) smell like mcdonald's uh Mm -hmm. and not that i not that i have ever watched uh, an episode only to have my wife go did you (laughs) did you watch did you already watch this no uh not that i've done either one of those things <laughs> but it does make you yeah it does make you feel a little dirty it uh-huh, does feel it like does. you've been out swinging or something when, when she looks at you and she's like <laughs> and you're like that that's the worst that it gets that's as bad as it gets in our relationship honey yeah i did watch the episode <laughs> without you but <laughs> that's i mean that's the worst thing that you have to worry about right so, i, I didn't have sweetheart. sex with any of the cast members not a one of them <laughs> right so right and uh you know it's worse than you think i watched the whole damn series <laughs> and i'm watching <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm watching it a second time, pretending that I've only watched this episode without you. And you've done that, haven't you? You, I think you've had experience oh, no. with that. No, 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 no. 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 You, okay, I'm going to come clean. Maybe one or two or all of the series that we watch <laughs> together because she just takes won't too long watch them she's right. always like oh yep. my gosh yep. oh my gosh and so you know by the time we get to the next episode i've forgotten that i've watched the whole series it's been so long <laughs> and it's like you know you won't commit to just being lazy and sitting on the couch sweetheart and until you exactly. commit i can't help you <laughs> i just can't help you all right, our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor. Sam lives in Colorado. A while back, he faced something pretty scary, spinal surgery. He'd been having severe pain in his legs, needed the surgery desperate. Before the surgery, he discovered Relief Factor, was able to use it to mitigate some of the pain until it was time. But after the surgery, he found that if he kept taking Relief Factor, it worked as kind of maintenance, keeping the residual pain away. In the end, everything worked out pretty well for uh, for him. Here's the best part. Sam now is 73, and he does long-distance hiking, snowshoeing, and hunting with all of his heavy backpacks. See, I was thinking that he was smart. Sam, that's what you have grandchildren for. You don't carry those backpacks. You don't even, you don't snowshoe it up the hill. You get into a... Some sort of a rhino. You get into some sort of a vehicle and you drive and then you have the kids drag all the crap. Sam, Sam, Sam. Well, he's halfway there. Uh, he has uh, got his life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to, borrow, uh, to buy more because it works. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only nineteen ninety-five. Just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Ah, uh, yes. From the Standing Rock Ranch on Monday, I'll be back in the uh, Mercury Studios. We're thrilled to be able to go back to uh, Texas, the great state of Texas, which is about 157 degrees right now. Uh, and there's nothing like going back into uh, Texas in the middle of the summer. Uh, but the good news is we've got August in front of us. So that's really, really, <laughs> really good. Uh, man, I, I miss already. I mean, every night this week as we get, we've been getting ready to go home, I've, I've, I've opened up the windows in the night and went, oh, I'm not going to do this for another year. <laughs> That's for uh, sure. There's nothing, there's nothing like the, the West Coast, I think, has the best uh, weather. Anything mm-hmm. west of the Rockies has the best weather in the country, I think. Well, I mean, maybe not where the Donner Party died, but other than that, <laughs> some of the best weather. Uh, did you see? Uh, did you see uh, Joe Biden and what he said about Donald Trump being our first the racist, most racist president? Yeah, no, well, our first racist, first yeah. racist yeah, president, not most racist. Uh, amazing, really, that's amazing. Yeah, I uh, I was thinking, I don't know, Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, uh, Andrew you know. Jackson, perhaps. Uh, Andrew Jackson would be mm-hmm. a very good one, or maybe LBJ would right. be uh, would be a great one. I mean, 
there were massive racist presidents. Oh All of them strangely uh, Democrats, but uh, you know, I'm just for that. Right. For that matter, if I right. if I may add a potential one here, uh, Barack Obama with with his comments about <gasps> typical are white you people. Calling the well, yeah, are uh, you? I am. Calling yes, the president a racist? But there's some... That's the most racist thing. Uh, isn't that the racist? most racist Uh-oh. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it yeah. used to be, but it doesn't seem to be anymore. But with questions... <laughs> it or, doesn't. Or answers like this uh, about his grandma. Uh, typical white person. Right. Typical who, white person. Uh, who, uh, you know, if, if she, she sees somebody sees, on the street uh-huh. that she doesn't know, there's a, you know, there's a reaction that's, that's been bred into... That's been bred. Uh, that's been bred into her. If anybody said that about a black you know, person, can you imagine? They'd still oh be harping gosh. about that to this day. You'd be Jimmy the Greek. Yes. You'd be Jimmy the Greek. Yes. Uh, it's 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 remarkable, and it's remarkable how mm, I don't know accurate we were on our questions about Barack Obama. Because he did harbor all of those things. He did listen to Jeremiah Wright. Because Jeremiah Wright is practically running our country now. At least the spirit of Jeremiah Wright is. Have you seen next hour? I think it's next hour. We're going to get into the the uh, new board planks of the uh, the Democratic platform. Oh, my gosh. I I don't know how you can vote for these people. But, uh, you know, good luck with that. And and here's something that um, we played in the four minute buzz. Uh, if you're watching uh, uh, watching this program on Blaze TV at the top of every hour, we have the four minute buzz, and we go over some of the news. And I saw this. I did not see this yesterday, but I think this is from MSNBC. I want you to listen to what this person is actually saying when they were talking about sending uh, federal forces in to protect the federal buildings in chicago and in seattle and in uh portland listen to this analysis this is what would happen if you were a an authoritarian president who was preparing to 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 resist a loss in the election you would be saying the things donald trump is saying and you would be gradually rolling out federal police power into the states mm. against the, the the wishes of the mayors and governors in question. This is how it would happen. This is how the movie would play out. And anybody who's not looking at this with a state of alarm and concern and worried about, is this president going to, to, to employ formally martial law at some point, as Ron Wyden suggested yesterday, oh my is that on the president's mind? Is there anybody, having watched Donald Trump for the last three and a half years, who doesn't think that Donald Trump would try to employ martial law if he thought it was the only way he could stay <laughs> yeah power yeah that would be me yeah there's uh, yeah. me i've been watching yeah. donald trump i've been watching donald trump in the most mm. easily authoritarian time perhaps in my lifetime not take any of the authoritarian powers and then i've seen uh, uh crazy stuff happening in the states happening with governors who keep crying that Donald Trump is an authoritarian, and yet they seem to be the authoritarians. Uh, No, I don't think this is what he's doing, uh, putting uh, soldiers on the street so he can declare martial law uh, for the election. That is is dangerous rhetoric, and, and far, far beyond anything I ever said. Anything I ever said about Barack Obama. I take back all of my apologies to you. Worms!
Uh, but first, let me tell you about Rough Greens. Okay. Uh, our dog is part of the family, and uh, my dog has not had a leash or a collar on him for two solid months, and I have to put the collar back on him today. And he's gonna—I know he's gonna look at me like, "What? What happened? I thought we were buddies. I, I, I thought we were going everywhere together, and you trusted me." Uh, we uh, we feed him a supplement. We put it on his dog food. It's called Rough Greens, and it is really good for your dog. I brought it to my vet and and said, "Hey, can I put this stuff on my dog's food? What do you think?" And she said, "Let me look at the ingredients." And she did, and she was like, absolutely put this on your dog's food. It's really good. Jam-packed with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, omega oils, and probiotics. All the stuff that is cooked out of dog food that they need. Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call them now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck or 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Get a bag and see the difference in your dog. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Mr. Brad Thor is next. Cow, I've just heard a montage of some of the most incredible statements I've ever heard from so-called responsible people on projecting that this president is going to declare martial law. And that's why he's sending people in uh, to protect the federal buildings. It's just a softening of the people's will uh, because he's going to declare martial law and uh, not leave the White House if he's not reelected. It is truly astounding what these people are doing to split us apart the good news is it's summer and summer means a new brad thor novel and there's a new novel coming out it's called near dark which is his 19th i think in the series it's really really good but summer also means because there's a new brad thor model of uh, a novel out it means brad thor my buddy who war games for a living is also going to be on the program and that that day has come it's today brad thor is next on friday this is the glenn beck program Hmm. 60 seconds away uh, from Brad. First, let me tell you about Honey's. Uh, Honey, these days we shop online uh, as much, maybe even more than we shop in person now. Uh, I don't, but that's only because I hate the Internet thing. I was on the, friend, uh, on the phone with a friend from California. He's a, he's a very famous artist. And uh, we were talking yesterday, and, uh, and he, the two of us were ridiculous on our phones. We were FaceTiming each other. I don't know. Hang on just a second. Can you see that? No, I'm seeing the other one. Well, I don't know how to turn this thing around. <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't necessarily like uh, all of the uh, uh, technology. I, I prefer to spend my time in a rocking chair on the porch with a shotgun across my lap telling the kids, get off my lawn, you communists. Anyway, uh, when you go and you're shopping online, here's what you do. You click on a button 
uh, to go to the card or the checkout. And then you just watch all of your dollars be flying into somebody else's wallet. But if you're using the Honey app, what happens, all of the coupons, all of the discounts, all the promo codes that you don't ever remember, they're applied to the things that you were buying and they suddenly appear and the total will drop. And it is it's cool to actually watch. You'll see it and the total drops. I mean, calm down, man. It's just shopping. All right. Honey is a free app, and it works to find the best deals for you in the promo codes while you shop online. And unlike other money-saving apps, it's not selling any of that information, your information, to third parties. So check it out. Joinhoney.com slash Beck right now. Joinhoney.com slash Beck. Do it and save a buttload. Ah, yeah. Brad Thor. Uh, international man of mystery, a man who worked uh, at the Pentagon on their red cell project, wargaming things, joins us now uh, to schlep his new novel. How you doing, Brad? <laughs> I am doing very well, my friend. How are you, Glenn? I'm great. I'm, I'm really excited about Near Dark. It's a great great book. I want to talk to you about it here in a second. Uh, this, sure. You have you have totally changed um your your main character uh he's not the same scott is uh if you read the last novel and you don't have to read all of the novels in order to be able to get it but he's a different man coming into this novel we'll talk about that here in a second first can i play something for you and i want to get your opinion because you are a guy who war games and i believe we are in the middle of an american revolution we have communists, we have Islamists, uh, we have Marxists and radicals and, and uh, uh, Antifa. They're all gathered together and they are being coordinated, I believe, by some of the leaders of the Democratic Party and some of the big financiers of the Democratic Party to have a revolution in our country. Is that far-fetched, Brad? I think we're, I think we're cold. I don't think it's far-fetched. I haven't seen anything. Uh, you, you talk to some different people that I do as far as coordination. I think we've lost our way. And I don't think we, if you, if you are not unifying people, they naturally drift and divide. And I think we lack a good right. unifying force in this country, particularly now. All right, Brad, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a pass because I know you've been working on your book and I know what that's like. You completely are in a in a cone of silence, but I'm going to assign you the last four shows, the last four episodes of my TV show, the Wednesday night special, and you watch them and then you come back and tell me this isn't well coordinated. This is this is this is. Okay, this is evil what's going on. But let me just uh let me just uh, play one thing. This is what the uh uh all of the TV analysts are now saying about Donald Trump sending in the DHS, which I don't want and I talked to the leader of the DHS yesterday. I talked to the the acting secretary. I said we do not want a national police force. How are you doing this constitutionally? He explained it. And he explained exactly what they're doing. This is, however, what the left on television is saying. Listen to this. If he loses, and I expect that he will, uh, we have to be prepared for things that Eric this Holder. nation has never faced um, before. 
And unfortunately, that could involve the use of, uh, you know, these these forces. It has been suggested that this is a trial run by the president of the United States who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. Oh I think we should all take very seriously the prospect that this is, as I say, a dress rehearsal, a trial run. You don't draw a line in the sand. This country may be looking down the barrel of martial law in the middle of an election. This is, I guess, the president's own version of martial law since the real military uh, has kind of pushed back. Is there anybody, having watched Donald Trump for the last three and a half years, who doesn't think that Donald Trump would try to employ martial law if he thought it was the only way he could stay in power? Yeah, yeah, that would be me. Uh, I thought he would... I thought he would be a dictator, and he has, he has avoided every single thing that the left has been trying to push him into. Uh, but anyway, go I, ahead. Your, your analysis here, Brad. Is he, I'm confused because, yes, I have been paying attention to the news. Is he trying to enact martial law? Is he trying to lose the election? They can't have it both ways. It, actively, it depends on what day you tune in. One day he's actively trying to throw the election. The next day it's martial law. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And it is even beneath our fellow citizens on the other side of the aisle. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. The president has every right and he actually has a duty to protect federal buildings, particularly in cities. Yes. The mayors have lost control and they will not protect private property or government property. So I mean, this is they're not. Brad, you and I either. You and I both are a constitutionalist. We both don't like the idea of any kind of federal control on anything, quite frankly. And I'm more down that road than you are. Um, however, when the president of the United States has states in rebellion, which I think the city of Portland is in rebellion, the city of Chicago is in rebellion, when they're in rebellion and they are not protecting the people. And in Chicago, you have the I think he was the chief of police or the commissioner that reached out to the White House and said, we need help. Our mayor is out of control. What are you going to do? He's not going in and becoming the police force. He's saying, I've got to protect federal property and federal right. buildings. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, and there's also nothing wrong with beefing up existing federal task forces that work with local law enforcement to, to stem uh, child sex, sex trafficking, to solve murders, to stem the flow of drugs. Uh, this, is, this is silly. And by the way, you know what the silliest thing is that I hear from people? that the DHS guys are driving around in vans. You know why they're driving around in vans? They're on TDY assignments. Do you want them each to rent their own car and stick taxpayers with that? I'd rather see them in vans so you can get six guys in a van. The idea that somehow this is a secret police force that is disappearing people in Portland is, is ridiculous. But this is, is the age insane. we live in. This is, this is, it's all about who can get the bigger headline, who can create more of a dramatic. I mean, these politicians will have great careers in Hollywood. In fact, I wish they'd all leave D.C. and go to Hollywood. We get much better movies out of yeah. these people. All right, let's uh, let's talk about your new novel, Near Dark, because the thing I like about you is I've always called your books faction because uh, they're not pure fiction. They're they're faction. And you always have really great historical points that even I don't know. 
um, and they're all buried gems. I love reading your novels uh, with Google uh, close to me so I can because I used to at the very beginning, you know, probably on book three, uh, uh, I would go, that can't be true. And I'd Google it. Now, whenever I'm reading your books, I'm like, I can't believe that's true. And I Google it to look at the real story. So um, can we start with just some of the cool history from the book? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, do you want me All to right. pick so out a couple things? Or were, yeah. yeah, I've got them, but you go ahead. You can pick out a couple well, of things, and we'll see if they're well, the same. This is, well, it's, okay, it's, so, fun, it's fun for me if you pick them out, because I like to know what you liked. Okay. Um, you made references to the Brenner assignment, the most dangerous mm-hmm. spy mission undertaken in World War II. Tell me the Brenner assignment. So the Brenner assignment was carried out by the precursor to the CIA, our wartime military uh, intelligence units, where we dropped all of these OSS operatives behind enemy lines in Italy to blow up a rail line that was helping to supply the Nazis. It is the, the Brenner assignment is a, a, is a great nonfiction book. Patrick O'Donnell, by the way, I've become friends with him on Twitter. If you ever get a chance to interview him, he's a brilliant interview. And he wrote the book, The Brenner Assignment. Uh, He went and did his research in the area. It is this dramatic, it all happens during the wintertime. There's a love affair with the Contessa that's helping hide an American spy. Uh, Typical snafus, they can't get resupplied. And the Nazis are doing what's called a restrepo with the Italians. And they are going village to village hunting these Americans. And it is like Marcus Luttrell, Lone Survivor, meets, uh, you know, one of the old World War II where eagles dare sort of a thing. It's incredible. Um, Tell me about the history of the monks and the nuns in uh, Mont St. Michel. So Mont St. Michel is one of my favorite places on earth, and I've always wanted to include it in a thriller. And I did in this one. And Mont St. Michel is a fortified village with, uh, it's on a tidal island near the beaches in Normandy. Mm-hmm. And so when the, when the tides come in at night, it is completely surrounded. And it's never been, it's never been taken in battle. And it's got this beautiful abbey with this gorgeous church on top. And, uh, one of the most visited sites in Europe. It's been, it was discovered by an Irish monk. He settled there first in the 8th century, and it's been consistently uh, developed and redeveloped through different uh, kings in the church. It's, you have to look it up online. It is gorgeous. So that, it had to be the cover of the book. That's why we used it. So beautiful. Yeah. Um, the, the, um, let, me, let me just go to one that I, I know has a great story because you touch on it in the book. Uh, the... Uh, the excerpt about uh, Camp David, the the Nikita Khrushchev visit in 59, and then I think even crazier is the part of the book where you talk about Nixon uh, in 1973. So, t- so tell the two stories there. So it is amazing. It's funny because I gave the national security advisor for President Trump is a good friend of mine, uh, Robert O'Brien, and I sent him an early copy of the book. And he read it. And he called me up and he said, "When did you get invited to Camp David?" I said, I've "Never been to Camp David." He goes, "It's impossible." He said, "The stuff you describe in this book can only mean that you've been there." It was very funny. Um, it, oh, well, wow. my favorite story is uh, it was I believe Brezhnev and Nixon, right? When he gets, I talk about how he gets. Given it was the, Khrushchev. Uh, it was Cruz. It First, it was Khrushchev uh, that w- that went to Camp David and loved all of the cowboy movies. 
They, yes, they sat. Yes, they sat together. He and the president sat together and they watched all of those cowboy movies together. It was a really neat. They actually stayed in the same cabin uh, at Camp David, which, which is, is so cool weird. Think about it. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a n- no. The two of them in the same cabin up like teenagers watching, you know, High Noon and the gun uh, gunfight at OK Corral. That is just a time that does not come back. Does not come back. No. no. Um, and then in and then in seventy three, tell me we gave and I'd love to know even the story of this car. But we gave uh, Leonard Brezhnev uh, a Lincoln Continental that Ford Motor Company donated, and Nixon gave him the car because he apparently yeah. loved American cars. And so he, he, Nixon said, would you like to take it for a spin? And he said yes through his interpreter. And they jumped into the car without interpreters and without their security details. And Brezhnev took off, like floored this thing. I mean, this is a, I mean, the engines and those things were huge. And this is a fast car. And he can't read English. And there is a sign coming up for basically a right angle. And Nixon is telling him to slow down, slow down. And Brezhnev's smile is just getting bigger and bigger. And he's pinning the accelerator to the floor of this thing. And this curve is coming up. Nixon knows the curve is coming up. And he's begging him to slow down. And at the last minute, Brezhnev sees it, puts the brakes on, steers into the curve. They, the, the two of them were almost killed. In this car at Camp David, it is. It, I, I, it, they, they Where did you find that story? I, prom- I, I it, It's out there. You have to dig. You have to dig. You have to have sources. You have to have ways to find it. But I found it. And it's a great story. I mean, that's just a that great I, story. I Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened to the car? Did he take it back to Russia? You know what? I did not. I did not further it. I'm assuming it did go back to Russia. I mean, Ford gave him the car. It wasn't just a tool around at, yeah. uh, at Camp David with. That's why they have the golf cart. Yeah. So I bet he took it back. That's crazy. I need to know where it is now. Yeah, it would be. Would be. Okay. Um, we're going to come back with Brad Thor here in just a second. First, uh, let me spend a minute telling you about NetSuite. Things are starting to slowly open back up and then close and then open. It depends on what state you're in. Smart business owners are asking themselves, uh, what can I do to save every penny to be more efficient? What can I do to maybe streamline everything? It is so difficult in today's business world to make decisions unless you have all of the departments in sync. Unless when you're meeting with, you know, uh, uh, HR and you're meeting with accounting and you're meeting with everybody else, unless you are all there and you all have the same numbers you're guessing at your business i know this to be true because we for years had to guess we have netsuite now netsuite is by oracle and over twenty thousand companies trust netsuite to go faster with confidence it used to be you know when we first started the plays i would say well wait a minute what are our you know, uh, what are the shows that are performing well? How are subscriptions doing? Uh, what is HR saying? What do we have problems uh, over here? You know, how are the books doing? We never knew the answer. So we were guessing. 
bad way to do business and you can't afford to do that right now i want you to schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash back if you want to take your company from three million to a ten million dollar company you need oracle's netsuite at your side right now if you just schedule a free product tour you'll get seven actions businesses need to take now they did a survey of hundreds of business leaders and said okay with this covid and everything else what do what do you what are you going to do first and great strategies and it's free just go to netsuite.com slash back that's netsuite.com slash back 10 seconds station id so Brad Thor's uh, series of uh, books. This is the 19th in the Scott. Uh, how do you say his last name? I hate your character's Harvath. last name. Harvath. Harvath. Okay. So, um, uh, so Scott, the last book, uh, I mean, he hell came running down on him and his, his bride and everything else. And he opens up and he's a different man. He is a broken man when yeah. this opens up. So let's start there. First of all, you don't have to read the other books to be able to jump into this one, and they're all really good. Um, so take us through what Near Dark is about. So Near Dark, the theme of darkness plays throughout this thriller. And I mean, that's what this is. This is You coined the term faction, where you don't know where the facts end and the, the fiction begins. So uh, this opens up basically with Harvath at the lowest point in his life, personally, professionally. He was staying at a resort in one of the Keys, and they kick him out because he's drinking himself to death in the bar, and he starts a fight. And he ends up mm-hmm. in a dive bar drinking cheap booze uh, at the end of the road in Key West. And uh, he doesn't want to go on living. He's had everything taken from him. This is a guy who's given himself over and over again for his country. And now everybody he loves is gone. They've been slaughtered. And uh, he doesn't want to keep going. And he's in a bar. He's drinking. And two guys walk in. And, Glenn, you've spent enough time with these guys to know that uh, no matter where they are, what's going on, there's a part of them that never dies, that always pays attention, notices details, picks up when something's yep. wrong. And Harvath's spidey senses kick in when these two guys walk into the bar. What he doesn't know is as odd as they are and as out of place and the things he's seeing that are all wrong, they're there for him. If, if this was a movie poster for this book, the, the tagline on it would be a $100 million bounty has just been placed on the head of America's top spy, and that's Harvath. So he's sitting in this bar, slow motion suicide. These guys show up, and they're there to kill him. And it, it, it is just, you light the fuse on the rocket right there and it takes off. You get a couple minutes to really feel his pain, just a couple of very quick pages, and you really connect with this guy. And then these two walk into the bar and you're like, wait a second. And so he, I reached out to one of my sources and I said, if somebody put a $100 million bounty on you, you're at the lowest point of your life, what would you do? And he said, you got to okay. turn it We're going to get that answer Brad here. Going to get that. Hang on. Get that answer from Brad Thor here in just a minute. Stand by. More with Brad Thor after the break. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. Consider the following six words. I love it. The best shave ever. What is that like? What is that like? That's what uh, Raphael wrote uh, under his five-star review of Shave Secret. It's a simple review, but it says everything you need. The Shave Secret is the best shave ever. I went to this place in New Orleans once that says the best shave ever, and it was like a 10-towel shave or 6-towel shave, and they shaved my face over and over and over again. 
it was nice. It was expensive, uh, but it was it was nice. It was a great shave. I didn't get a better shave than I've gotten with Shave Secret. Shave Secret is a uh, combination of essential oils that you just to put a couple of drops into a wet hand, and then you just rub it into your your face and your beard, or ladies, your legs, or who am I to say, men, your legs. Uh, it feels great. It smells amazing. It replaces all the foams and gels. It's a hundred percent natural, and you will have the best shave of your life. One hundred percent money back guarantee. Try it out now. Available regionally at HEB, Wegmans, Walmart, and Amazon. Or you can go to ShaveSecret.com. Use the promo code Beck. Let them know I sent you. ShaveSecret.com. Don't forget to use the promo code Glenn for ten dollars off your subscription at BlazeTV.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program, and it's Friday. And one of my favorite guests, because you never know what he's going to say. Sometimes he'll get you kicked off a network. Uh, his name is Brad Thor, and uh, welcome to the program, Brad. Thank you, Glenn. Good to be with you. Yeah, good to be with you. I do have a bone to pick before we get back to your story. Um, I do have a bone to pick with you. It's 19 novels. Is there anyone other than yourself that has sold more books for you than you or me? Well, let's get ourselves canceled. You are my Oprah. I have said this forever. Nobody yeah, right. moves more right. books than Glenn Beck, particularly right. in this right. genre. Because so Oprah, I just, my body count just, is too high for Oprah. You are my Oprah. Guy. Yeah, way, way too. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so, uh, I mean, one simple request. One character at one time listening to the Glenn Beck program or watching the Glenn Beck program or, you know, signing up to become a member of Blaze TV. Is it too much to ask after 19 books? Shame on me. Shame. I'm yeah, going to go put shame on my on... hair shirt as I, as I yeah, find well, the do next it. novel just do to it. remind me. Do it. Yeah. All right, because if it's if if it's not in the next novel, I might give you an iffy review. I might. I might do it. I might do it. Okay. Uh, I, all right. I so do Brad, you doing the Tanya voice and then the rolling pin slips like twenty seven times. Maybe I don't think that's funny. To open the book. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't think spousal she abuse either, is. Uh, and she point. doesn't need a rolling. She doesn't need a rolling pin. She'd just come right at me with her, I got to know, my pretty. And she would choke the life out of me. All right. So that was one of the things that I wondered about at the beginning of the book, because Scott goes back into action. But if he wants to just kill himself, why, why doesn't he just let them do it? Well, that's a great question. Why doesn't he do it? And actually, that's the first thing that happens in the book. Somebody comes to his rescue. He doesn't do it. Right. He, he doesn't. So somebody comes to his rescue, and that's what sets the ball. It sets the game going. But what's interesting for me is when I did this hundred million dollar bounty on Harvest's head, and I talked to some of my guys in the special operations world, the intelligence community. I said, "What would you do if this happened to you?" You know, and how do you? How do you figure out? And these guys are after you. And he goes, Brad, first of all, I will never become the mouse. I am always the cat. I don't care about a hundred million dollar mm. bounty. Nobody's turning me into the mouse. Okay. He said, you flip yeah. the script. He said, whoever this is, 
they become the mice, you're the cat, and you don't stop until you put every yeah. single one of them in the ground. You kill the contract by killing right. the people behind the contract. That's what he said to me. And I was right. like, whoa, mm. glad you're on our side. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Brad, it's it's Pat Gray. You, you describe in the book uh, that the CIA has been degraded to the point where it can barely operate. Is that is that something that actually happened and if so when is it still going on now is it has it been in that kind of shape no it's not degree there is a lot of bureaucracy there like any government agency there's tons and tons of bureaucracy so that was that is the premise by which we set up a private group on the outside kind of you move into a condo while your home is you know getting the the black mold cleaned out of it Mm. And so that was the idea that all of these sensitive assignments that the CIA is too bogged down to carry out, move over to this private group until the current director that the president in my novel put in cleans out all the deadwood. You know, this is the same reason Porter Goss was sent into the CIA and he didn't succeed. I mean, in real life, mm. Porter Goss was sent in with a mandate from the president to clean out the deadwood and it just didn't happen. So uh, there is that complaint from some of the operatives there that they want to go to recruit this person or do this assignment and their request gets sent back four or five times because the commas are in the wrong places, which is insane. You know, there is a complaint that there are some middle managers more concerned with getting promoted, thereby doing the safe thing. You know, it's like a prosecutor who lets cases go because they they're they're afraid they're going to lose the case. So they don't prosecute because they want a perfect record so they can get the next promotion. And that's not the way that should be run. It's not everybody at the agency, but Mm -hmm. the the a a year ago, I, I was at a point to where I was like, I really don't like the talk of the deep state. I think this is, you know, not good, not healthy for us, et cetera, et cetera. Then they impeached the president. And I went and tried to figure out what was going on in Ukraine. And we talked to people in Ukraine. We talked to people uh, who were testifying in court in Ukraine. We got the documents, et cetera, et cetera. There is a deep state. And it does include members of the State Department, which... I think just is a hornet's nest that just needs to be fumigated. I would fire everybody in the State Department. Um, But there is the State Department. There are members of justice and members of the intelligence community that are going their own way and believe they're right and uh, just want to set up kind of a system that is a shadow, and it doesn't matter what any president says. Have you found this uh, in your uh, research, and and do you find that people inside the intelligence community want that to stop? Well, you know, the, the kinds of people that I am spending my time with are at the pointy end of the spear. So we're talking about uh, tier one people in the special operations community, uh, people that the CIA is sending overseas to do some of this nation's most dangerous business. I'm surrounded by incredibly honorable people that believe that they are doing what they're doing for the good of the country. So I don't I don't have interactions with people who are mid-level bureaucrats and things like that who may want to gum up the work. No, but I think it's believe- a, I, I think it's the agent that you're talking about and the kind of guys that I know that are true heroes and are there mm-hmm. and they just want to do right by America and they do abide by whatever the president says, even if they don't like it. 
if that is the United States policy, they will go along with it and execute it unless it's illegal or, or something like that. Um, and uh, I'm not talking about those, the, the other people, mid management. I am talking about the point of the spear people because they have to know that things are happening around them and it gives them a bad name. And it would make it very difficult for me, at least if I were in their position, to do their job and to feel good about it if they didn't feel that they were that that there were those in the agency that really had a different agenda. Yeah, well, I have not. I uh, I buy a lot of pitchers of beer and a lot of steak dinners, or at least I did before COVID. And, uh, you know, I've got a very, very good friend of mine whose job it is to go put bags on heads of bad guys and, and bring them uh, to justice. And he's, he's one of the most plugged in guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the complaints from the frontline guys that I hear are always the same. Too much bureaucracy, not getting everything they need. It's a pain in the ass to get this, this, and this. Some of these guys even have to pay sources out of their own pockets and wait like, you know, half a year to get reimbursed. Yeah. And that picks them off, too. It, it's more the bureaucracy and red tape stuff I hear about. I, I, I would tell you, honestly, if I heard of any of this deep state kind of stuff. I haven't, uh, but it may just be the people I'm mixing with are predominantly outside the United States and come home, spend time with their kids, go to baseball games, their families, and then they're off again. So yeah. they're not really around yeah. the office that much. Do you have any uh, uh, comment? Let me take you to, to current news. Do you have any comment on uh, what's happening with us in China? Uh, oh, do it, I? it looks like we're 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 moving towards a war footing uh and they are as well we you know they in, they have infiltrated our universities they are they've mm-hmm. infiltrated and stole us blind um there are operatives but we just shut down the consulate and they were out in the courtyard burning papers and documents um which is is i mean almost like an uh, you know the end of a world war 2 movie um and uh, now they've just shut fire. down one of our consulates yeah. Yeah. So well, what, know, what is happening? One, what do you think? So, so, listen, the Chinese are not our friends, nor are the Russians our friends. So this right. this what's happening in what's happening in Houston is no surprise. You're going to shut down a consulate. They're going to burn a lot of stuff. We burn a lot of stuff. We do when our stuff gets shut down. Right, we burn right. a ton of things. You, right. you just have to. Um, I'd also right. like to see him shut down the consulate in San Francisco where they're hiding that uh, military scientist that infiltrated research centers here in the United States claimed she wasn't in the Chinese military and all this kind of stuff. Let's be clear. The Chinese Communist Party, the only thing they do better than oppressing their own people is stealing. They are not innovators. When you don't let liberty and freedom flourish, you get no innovation. It's impossible. So all they can do is steal from us and steal from our allies. And what's most troubling is uh, what they're doing with the Uyghurs. The espionage is very troubling. Also what they've done with the Uyghurs, where 80% of the IUDs that have been uh, placed uh, in 2018 were done in the region where the Uyghurs are. It's forced sterilization. The Chinese are bad people. But guess what? We're addicted to cheap Chinese crap in this country. You're upset that jobs have gone overseas? Well, that's because you want to go to Walmart and get something for $5 instead of yeah. paying 15 for it. There's a reason. We're responsible for a lot of the problems we have with China. And I can't believe how many of our drugs in the PPE that comes from China. By the way, those two guys that were hacking us, all that hacking was going on, by the way, while China was bullying the WHO and getting them to clam up and not talk about COVID-19 so China could go around the world Jeez. and hoard PPE. 
They're a bad, bad country. Trump is the first one who's willing to say this, but it is also very frightening because you don't want a war with China. And the war is the the world is so destabilized right now uh, that, uh, uh, you know, I don't know when economies start to go down the crapper. People have less and less to lose as nations. How do you see this playing out? Well, we've got a big problem. We're running out of runway as far as sanctions are concerned. So Robert O'Brien, the National Security Advisor, two weekends ago did an op-ed in the Washington Post talking about all of the companies, the tech companies that were providing all of the surveillance uh, that the Chinese were using, particularly against the Uyghurs, using in Hong Kong, things like that. We have a problem because our allies, people we trade with, are also intimately tied, entangled with China. So it's hard to get partners to back off and uh, of their dependence on cheap labor and cheap goods from China and get them to exert pressure as well. The one big thing that the president has done that I think is really, really good and really important is his investment in our military. Our Navy needs to be built up to the 600 ship level, um, and that's going to provide us a lot of might in influence in particularly the South China Sea. But the thing we need, Glenn, we need a long-term plan. We cannot allow China to be the economic powerhouse of the future. We Mm -hmm. need to think beyond one election cycle. And unfortunately, we don't do that in this country. The Chinese think 100, 500 years out. And we need to have a plan. We need a moonshot here to be the economic powerhouse for the next half century, century, two centuries going forward. And if we don't, we're going to get eclipsed by the Chinese. That's a big problem. And the more we have tension with them, the closer we do come to war with them building up on those atolls, uh, how they're building up these islands and taking space in the South China Sea yeah, that doesn't yeah. belong to them. It's dangerous. It's, it's about as dangerous as I, I think I've ever seen it in my lifetime. Uh, yeah, we are headed towards really treacherous uh, waters. I've only I've got less than a minute. Do you see us prevailing in a war with China? Who wins that one? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's hard. I've been trying to dig a little bit deeper into some of the war gaming that's gone on. Uh, the problem that happens yeah. is when we go to war with China, uh, Russia starts moving on NATO allies, particularly in the Baltics. And now yep. we've got a problem. Can we yep. can we honor our Article Five commitment under the NATO treaty while fighting uh, China? We can't. And then we have to choose between no. NATO allies and fighting the Chinese. It doesn't oh. it doesn't end well. All right. Um, happy Friday. Brad, thank you so much. Happy for, Friday. Happy Friday. Thank you for for being on the uh, program. The name of his uh, new book, and they are always worth reading. They are so good. Uh, Near Dark. If you're looking for a great thriller to take me away, Calgon. This will actually be relaxing compared to watching the news uh, (laughs) because it makes sense uh, near dark. And besides, uh, while this is a fiction book, it has more facts in it than actually watching the news. So uh, you're getting actually uh, more truth in a Brad Thor novel. It's near dark available everywhere. Books are sold now today. Brad Thor, thank you so much. I'm not in his next damn novel. Everything I just said is not true. Right? This novels suck. And, <laughs> yeah. All right. Bad, bad enough that cyber criminals are out there all the time scamming people out of their hard-earned money. But it's even worse to realize they're not going to stop uh, because we're in a vulnerable situation. You know, it's COVID. And they, they, they've doubled down. 
phishing scams, malware, things like counterfeit online pharmacies. They're creating fake banking websites to take advantage of the stimulus package. These people are bad people, uh, and you don't want anything to do with them, and you need somebody to stand guard. And that's where LifeLock comes in. Every day we put information out there, and it causes real risk. And we are putting more information out now because we are not sitting in our companies. We're doing everything online, usually from home. LifeLock will detect a wide range of identity threats and alert you if anything is wrong. They can prevent everything, but nobody can. Uh, but they have... Uh, a great U.S.-based team that will help you fix it if there is a problem, and they work hard to make sure you don't have a problem. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Promo code BECK, save 25%. Lifelock.com, promo code BECK, or 1-800-LIFELOCK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, I got to talk to you a little bit about uh, we have a guest on next. He's the guy who started a secession cry. He wants uh, to uh, secede from California or sorry, from Oregon and become part of what's called Greater Idaho. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I welcome it. I welcome it. Oregon has gone insane. And the people that live out, you know, in the farmlands, they're like, I don't want anything to do with these people. They don't mm-hmm. listen to us. They're governing in, in, in insane ways. We want out. Meanwhile, Idaho is trying to recall their governor. He's a Republican, but they're trying to recall him because they think he's nuts and has become too big city for Idaho. Uh, and they kind of want either him out or they want to secede from Boise. The whole world is upside down. We're going to talk about the secession movement of Oregon with one of the leaders next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Uh, I can't urge you enough to get your finances in order. Uh, I think the next four years are going to be quite a wild ride. And... uh, you're going to need access to your money. And the last thing you want to do is pay it to a big bank uh, that is, I think, going to start assaulting you soon. I've got a lot of things that I believe that I shall never say. Unfortunately, they just come out of my mouth. Um, but anyway, American financing will help you get uh, your, uh, your home uh, mortgage into a more reasonable place. Right now, if you haven't adjusted your mortgage for a few years, you need to. Uh, it's at three and a half percent now and American financing will be the ones that will help you save a ton of money every month that will help you pay off your debts. That's the most important thing you could do is is have enough money to live in these times, but also pay down all of your debts. Get out of those debts. Um, you want to be as debt-free as you possibly can. And American Financing can help get you there. Ten-minute phone call. They'll tell you how to do it. They'll tell you if they can help you. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Call them right now. They're waiting for your call at 800-906-2440. Pick up the phone right now. 800-906-2440. And get that mortgage reduced now. AmericanFinancing.net. 
All right. Secession of the states. Civil war. Next. May I just yeah, hello America? May I just Welcome say to the here, program? What before before we get started? You were you were just saying uh, during the four minute buzz that y- there are things that you will never say, and then you just said them. When you, when you say there are things you never say, then you you never say them. You don't say them right after you right. just said. I know that's I'll my never problem. There are yeah. So there are many things that I believe that I shall never <laughs> say, but I shall never say the things I do not believe. Um, I got the last half of that. <laughs> got that down. okay? But yeah, yeah. The first part they just come spilling out of my mouth. I know uh, it's very difficult. Okay. Uh, thank you, Pat. Um, You're welcome. Michael yeah. McCarter is the president of the Move Oregon's Border for a Greater Idaho. He is he is asking, and so are a lot of people in Oregon that live in the same parts of uh, Oregon. Enough is enough. We cannot live under these people who are absolutely crazy, who are running our state, and they want to be a part of Idaho. Being in Idaho right now myself, I say, welcome, welcome to Idaho. Is this real? Can this happen? We talked to Michael about it in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Everything's gonna change. Ah, Texas, the land of a thousand suns, or rather, the land that feels like there are a thousand suns. Shining down at you all times, even at night, strangely. If you've ever lived in an area where summer feels like God misplaced hell and it's uh, in your neighborhood, you know the importance of things like blackout shades and shutters. One of the many types of window coverings right now that Blinds.com has, and you should check them out. Whether you're one of the do-it-yourself types or you need help with design and installation, which I don't believe anymore, uh, we needed the help with design and getting the right uh, blinds. We just did it for our um, uh, my uh, cabin here at the ranch, and I'm going back to the studios in Dallas, and I'm going to have them help us with the blinds on our new studios uh, at the uh, at Mercury Studios, and they are great. They know all the products and they get it right. Um, and we put blackout shades uh, in here and. I put them up, and I am not handy, although I am getting a little better, a little better. I used to use the butt of a gun to hang nails for, you know, to hang pictures in the house. Haven't done that in a while. Haven't done that in a while. Actually bought a hammer. Uh, so I'm practically Tim, the tool guy. Anyway, uh, if you need help, you know, hanging them as well, they can help you. Uh, but blinds.com is the place to go for window treatments of any kind. Blinds.com. Right now, you can take advantage of this week's special savings on interior blind shades and shutters and even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions restrictions may apply. It's Blinds.com. Use the promo code BECK and save a lot. Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. So there is a movement uh, now, you know, 
when Trump first got into office, there were all these liberals who were like, I ride the Tenth Amendment. I love the Tenth Amendment. Oh, I thought it was racist. No, it's a way for us to be able to control our state. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. And then we started seeing the insanity of many of these states, and COVID has only made it worse. Well, Michael McCarter uh, started something, Move Oregon's Border for a Greater Idaho, uh, because Eastern Oregon residents uh, are sick to death of of Portland and all of the things that are going on with our state, and they would like to join Idaho. Is that even possible? It hasn't happened since uh, Virginia seceded, and uh, many of the people in Virginia went to a place we now know as West Virginia. That happened uh, during the Civil War because of uh, because of slavery. We now have Michael on with us. Hello, Michael. How are you? Good morning from crazy Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, I I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, Michael, so I, I know about Cascadia and everything else. It's been crazy for a long time. But this is dangerous crazy now in Oregon. Well, you know, Glenn, this, this is not something that just started recently. Oregon's been going downhill for years. And in right. watching everything that's taking place, we started last fall organizing move Oregon's border for greater Idaho. And then the pandemic hit. And then, you know, the uh, riots hit and stuff. And it just supports our decision. We don't have any faith in Oregon's leadership at all, period. Um, There are, there are, there were great parts of California and Oregon that feel the same way. I mean, upstate New York is is like this. Um, uh, but is there, first of all, have you talked to Idaho? Is Idaho interest? Are they taking your phone calls? <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, we've had some okay. really good response from some of the representatives. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are sitting on the sidelines just watching this, waiting to see what the vote's yeah. like. And whether or not it, uh, you know, it's it's going to gain traction. We're we're so. Who are the people that? Who are the people that are in? And how much land are you talking about? These are generally farmers. And I looked at the map, and there's a lot of national forest in there. So, how many people? How much land? And who are those people? Well, basically, you're talking to uh, you know, in a lot of cases, second, third, fourth, fifth generation. Oregonians that have an attachment to the land. They're not transitional people that move up and down the West Coast, buy a house, live there three years, sell it, and move on. These are people that have their roots in in this state. And um, you know they are they are they are right now they're ranchers, they're like you say, farmers that are out there. Mm-hmm. And they they basically align themselves closer with Idaho's conservative values than with what's going on in Northwest Oregon. But, you know, Northwest Oregon's got about 75% of the population base and the votes. And with that vote, they control what they want to do, no matter what we say or ask or try to input on. They don't care. So, Michael, I am in, I'm in Idaho right now, and 
by the way, I I am not a permanent resident in Idaho uh, in Idaho, so I don't have voting rights. But I would vote to get you in because you have uh, oceanfront property, which I think is very nice. But uh, yeah. uh, right now in Idaho, they're trying to get rid of their governor and recall him because even though he's a Republican, they think that he has gone way too far. Idaho, except for the Boise area, uh, which is about 800,000 people, is a, is is. They're ranchers and they're farmers and they're people who have lived here forever and they're common sense. And they even think that Boise controls everything and nobody's listening to to the people in the rest of the state. The exact same way that upstate New Yorkers feel. New York City is different. Yes. Well, you know, the, the vote in Oregon, over 75 percent of the vote is in the Portland Metro Willamette Valley. And so they control the whole works. And um, th- there's some resistance in Idaho about us, you know, they don't want more people moving there and the liberal values moving there. Uh, and, and we agree, but Eastern, Central, and Southern Oregon is over 65% conservative. So we want to boost that wow. conservative value that you see in Idaho right now. We don't want to change it at all. We don't want to move yeah. our yeah. property to Idaho. It's simply a lot line adjustment between two states. Right. We align ourselves and better. It can- with Idaho. Go ahead. It can be done. It hasn't been done since uh, the 1800s, but it can be done. However, when you have the vote um, uh, on this, you're you're trying to raise enough signatures, as as I understand it. Maybe I'm wrong to get it onto the ballot. And if you get it onto the ballot, do the people in Portland and uh, you know Eugene do they have to agree to? I mean, because they have more people than you do, so you're destined to lose if they are voting for it. Well, we're taking this county by county in central, eastern, and southern Oregon. We want to hear what the county citizens think about this. And it's we're trying to get that question, a question on the ballot for the November election. Do we want our... Um, county commissioners to start working towards the possibility of moving their county to a county of Idaho. Now, if all 17 counties come out in favor of that, or one by one as we get them approved uh, by the number of signatures, then it goes to the state legislature, and then the battle really begins. But it is, it is possible for it to take place. I mean, who would have thought years ago, 2015, that Donald J. Trump would become the president of the United States? <laughs> who would have thought, except for maybe people in Oregon, that uh, socialist and Marxist would be running a, a, a city and a state in the United States and openly doing it? Oh, well, let's go back 20 some years to Governor Morris. He says, come visit, but don't stay. He had that vision mm. that we don't want those liberal policies up here in Oregon. We are, we are yeah. a free, independent state. Well, right now, it's kind of like a, a, the West, West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington on the West are all tied together. 
and it's uh, it doesn't sit well with us by far. Yeah. So you know, yeah. we want to see what that vote is like. And this this election coming up is a major election in November. It only happens once in every four years. That's why we're pushing to get on that ballot, county by county. Then it goes to the are next. Are you? Step. How close are you to that? Well, in in we've got uh, one county positive, one county at ninety eight percent of the signatures, and several more lined up right behind that with enough signatures. But under COVID nineteen lockdown, Kate yeah. Brown, it is extremely hard <laughs> to go out and get signatures. I mean, it, right. you know, people are just. You know, walk up with a mask on and grab some pen and try to sign on a clipboard. Yeah. It's hands yeah. off. I I do know, I can't, I can't remember which state it was, but there was they were trying to put something on the ballot and they went to court um, and made the case that they can't, they can't get that number of signatures uh, because of COVID-19. And the court did uh, reduce the amount of signatures that were required. And I, I, it just happened in the last few days, and I don't remember what state it was. Um, but you might want to look into that um, because already, it is hard to get that many signatures. Federal court. We filed oh, good. in federal court good. already good. for that same reason. Good. And we're not saying that people are wrong. We We filed against the governor, the secretary of state, and all of the county clerks in these counties and it's saying okay i mean common sense that the lockdown of covid19 has is restricting the ability to get the number of signatures of course it is right so we're asking for some relief on that just like these other cases have so it's in the courts right now here um and uh you've got a good judge do you know the judge yet Yes, we do. We we filed June 30th. We've got an August 5th deadline to get all these signatures in county by county. And so we've, we filed for relief to reduce the number of signatures required and to extend that date to allow us to get more so, signatures in. Uh, it was denied the first I, time. And so we refiled two days ago. A motion. Uh, I... I, I I do see the map of uh, Oregon, and it is it reduces it almost to the size of what maybe a couple of Rhode Islands, maybe one Rhode Island. Pat, have you seen this this map? Yeah, Idaho's huge uh, under this plan, <laughs> and uh, Oregon's just a teeny little sliver. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Idaho becomes much bigger than Washington State. Much right right now, a lot of the counties in eastern Oregon um, are revenue negative counties for the state. If the state Mm. of Oregon Mm. removes those counties from their budgets, all of a sudden they've got a lot of money they can put into their liberal social program. (laughs) Nice, I like that. Uh Now, you should probably keep that to yourself when you're trying to convince (laughs) Idaho. (laughs) <laughs> how are you going to convince idaho when you've used that uh, with oregon <laughs> yeah but i think idaho looks at those counties in a different way they're timber friendly all of a sudden like you oh, say yeah. they have a deep water port in coos bay 
Yeah. Where where are yeah. all the products from Idaho going to ship through to go out to the Pacific Rim? They're going to yeah. come across. No, it's it's going to be a boom economically. Yeah. It would be. It would be. Um, all right. Well, uh, best of luck. And will you stay in touch with us and tell us how it's going and if there's anything we can do to help? Uh, well, because I, I, I just think it's wrong. California is in the same situation to where there are the, all those farm farms uh, and farmland in California. They're not being listened to. They don't have any real representation uh, and they're sick of it. And uh, quite honestly, I think they should be allowed to uh, to carve out. Uh, their own their own representation. It, we're we're being controlled now by the big cities. Absolutely, absolutely. If I can say anything more, Glenn, I would encourage mm-hmm. any of the Oregon citizens that are listening to this, that are in our counties, to sign the petition to vote. To I mean, we have bought into this that one person can't make a difference. That is crap. We need everybody to vote. On it, and and then go to our our our, our uh, website, greateridaho.org, and give us a donation because we're grassroots. We're totally underfunded, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nobody is paid in this whole program. It's all from the bottom up. And this is a real bottom up thing. This is uh, obviously George Soros is not helping them on this. Uh, it's greateridaho.org, greateridaho.org. And I, I will tell you, if you are, if you're in Oregon now, Idaho is really sweet. And quite honestly, we need a few more farmers in here and a few more ranchers and a few more people that think like the vast majority of Idaho. Um, because they're going to come up here and they're re- they'll wreck this state just as much as they wrecked uh, Oregon for you. We need to stick together. Uh, I'm I'm excited by the possibility. It's going to be a, a dogfight, but uh, I'm up for it. Anything we can do to help you, you just let us know. GreaterIdaho.org. GreaterIdaho.org. Thanks so much for being on the program. Simply Safe. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of your family being safe and feeling safe and feeling like, hey, I can leave my house and somebody's not going to take all my stuff, you know, because I'm white or whatever it is, you need Simply Safe. State of the art, round the clock monitoring with high tech cameras and sensors starting at $15 a month, 50 cents a day. No contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. Where are you going to find a deal like that? It's really a no-brainer. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. So if you're looking for everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home home security, like really expensive and a long-term contract, no-brainer. It's simplysafebeck.com. Go to simplysafebeck.com right now and get a free HD security camera when you order your system. It's simplysafebeck.com. Make sure you let them uh, know that I sent you. Simplysafebeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. You know, I said 10 years ago that um, we have to be a part of it. Where are the big ideas from the right? Because the left is going for big ideas. I mean, I don't know if you've seen their T-shirts, uh, revolution or bust. 
they are going for a complete fundamental transformation of the United States of America. So why aren't we going for big ideas? Why aren't we presenting? Uh, yeah, you know what? We're going to have a flat tax. Why aren't we talking about big ideas? Because big ideas excite people. Where are the big ideas? And I, quite honestly, that's why I like uh, the idea that states can secede. Because I am sick and tired of just a few, quite frankly, Californians moving into a state, i.e. Texas, and changing fundamentally our cities. Mm-hmm. And because they can change a city, they change everything else in the state. Well, is there no place for people with common sense is there no place where people can be left alone by these these authoritarian-like uh, uh, dictator wannabes? Because that's really where they're headed. They will tell you how to live, and I'm sick of it. And I'd sure like to hear some big ideas. Yeah, this is a big idea. It's a big one. And I think it would have to be approved by Idaho, Oregon, and then doesn't have to be approved by Congress, the U.S. Congress, too. Yeah, I think it would. Uh, I th- think I'm not sure. It I th- would. I think they. I think they have to rubber stamp it. Uh, but I. I think the decision is really made by the states. Um, uh, as long as the states, as long as they can join Idaho, I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. They can't make a state separate from Oregon that stands on its right. own. But right. hey, the big idea from the left is make. D.C. a state, and they're going for it. I want to talk to you about Rec Tech, the dog days of summer. I am not sure why they call them that. It, uh, I mean, might as well call it the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, if you live in Texas, whew, or the accidental days I landed on the sun. Uh, but if it's really hot outside, and well, that may be the ticket for killing the coronavirus, I don't like the idea of it killing me in the bargain. That's why when I'm grilling, uh, which is much more often nowadays, uh, we use Rectech. Rectech allows me to control the cooking of my food from an app, you know, indoors. You get started, you put the food on. It's like putting hamburgers on the side of a steel battleship. This thing is so well built. The grill does all of the work while I'm enjoying the air conditioning. Now, I've been using mine for months now, and it is the easiest, and you will love the food that comes out of it. I want you to follow Rectech on all social media. Sign up for their newsletter at rectechgrills.com, R-E-C-T-E-C, grills.com. Do it now. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday from 7 to 9 Eastern or anywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, it's Friday uh, from the Standing Rock Ranch uh, back in Dallas at the studios on uh, Monday. We want to thank Pat for filling in. Stu will be returning from his vacation on Monday as well. Um, I've had a great week with you, Pat. Thank you so much it's been for, fun. for yeah, filling in with absolutely. Stu. Um, I, I, want to, uh, I want to turn to a couple of things political. Uh, Trump now is neck and neck with the latest survey from Biden, 45-47. His approval rating now is equal to Obama's. 
in 2012. So it looks like at least to this, it's a Rasmussen poll. So it's always more friendly Rasmussen, but it looks like, uh, he is, uh, closing the gap. Um, he has boosted his mm. approval rating, uh, from 40, 49 to 49%, uh, 50%, uh, disapproving, which I think is pretty remarkable for a split as this country is. Uh, Barack Obama also had a 49% approval rating at this point. Biden is, I think Biden is the weakest candidate I have seen, uh, perhaps in my lifetime. Um, because if he goes out, I mean, even Charlemagne the God, um, which I just hate saying, but anyway, uh, he was, he's probably the most influential black broadcaster in America. He's on premier radio networks, the same network that carries mine. <laughs> Racists. Um, they, uh, they run the breakfast club and Joe Biden came out and said that Donald Trump is the first racist president to be elected, which I heard. And I actually celebrated because I was like, Oh, good. The founders are off the hook. Yeah. Um, but then I started thinking, well, I don't know. Woodrow Wilson, mm-hmm. um, Andrew Jackson, FDR. Yeah. FDR and everybody leaves FDR up FDR in the last century rounded up people. Because even if they were Americans because mm-hmm. of their race. Uh, so I just like to point out, you know, LBJ, uh, Wilson, uh, Jackson is another great one. And they all seem to be Democrats. But anyway, hmm. uh, Charlemagne said, I really wish Joe Biden would shut the F up forever <laughs> and continue to act like he's starring in the movie A Quiet Place. Because as soon as he opens his mouth and makes any noise, he gets us all killed. Okay. There's already so many people who are reluctantly only voting for Joe Biden because he's the only option and because Donald J. Trump is trash. Wow. Um, Mm. I think he's right. Mm. I think he's right. You can't have Joe Biden out uh, because he's not in control of himself uh, anymore. But then again, neither are the Democrats. I want to I want to give you the 15 references in their platform now to whites. And you tell me. Uh, how much they care about white people. Listen to this. This is in their new platform. We will never amplify or legitimize the voices of bigotry, racism, misogyny, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, or white supremacy. First of all, uh, no, I think BLM is racist. I'm sorry, but anybody who says all white people are bad or all black people are bad, I'm sorry, you're that is the definition of racism. But you won't amplify the voices of anti-Semitism? Really? Have you met yourself lately? Median incomes. Now, listen, here's plank number two. Medium incomes are lower and poverty rates are higher for black Americans, Latinos, Native Americans, and some Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders compared to median white households. There is a persistent and pernicious racial wealth gap that holds millions of Americans back. The typical white household holds six times more wealth than the typical Latino family, ten times more wealth than the typical black family. Uh, yeah, no, you're you're uh, wealthier. No. So, how do you fix that? How do you fix that? You got to take it away. Wow. Got to yeah, take it do. away. The wealth gap between black workers mm. and white workers is higher today than it was 20 years ago. It takes a typical black woman 19 months to earn what a t- typical white man earns in 12 months. Well, why don't we do apples to apples instead of apples and oranges? How about a black woman and a white woman? And uh, for typical Latinas. 
I think they mean Latinx. Uh, and even Native American women, it takes almost two years. Even before COVID-19, the uninsured rate was nearly three times higher for Latinos and twice as high for black Americans as it was for whites. Black children are more likely than white children to suffer from asthma. Latinos, Native Americans, Asian, Amer- uh, Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, and black Americans are diagnosed with diabetes at higher rates than whites. Uh, black mm. women are more than three times as likely to die from complications of uh, pregnancy and childbirth compared to white women. Um, uh, black children are killed more often with abortions. Uh, oh, oh, no, that's not in there. Uh, <laughs> President Trump's words and actions have given safe harbor and encouragement to bigots, anti-Semites, Islamophobes, and white supremacists. The extreme gap in household wealth and income between people of color, especially black Americans, Latinos, Native Americans, and white families is hurting our working class and holding our country back. We will confront white nationalist terrorism and combat hate crimes perpetrated against religious minorities. Hmm. How about religious majorities? Each year, the United States spends $23 billion in schools, predominantly white districts, more than in non-white districts. We'll root out systematic racism from our military justice system, where black service members are twice as likely as white ones to face court-martial. Our counterterrorism priorities, footprints, and tools should shift, including to respond to the growing threat from white supremacists and other right-wing terrorist groups. That's their platform. Jeez. Uh, let me just ask you, if you happen to be white, do you feel like you're part of that at all? I mean, it sounds to me like they're going to come and confiscate your wealth. They're going to... Uh, make you uh, miserable. It, you know, it's it's the typical socialist thing. Not everybody is happy. Everybody's just equally miserable. Uh, and 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 second of all, when they're talking about median white households uh, making so much more money than minorities, uh, that's not even true. No, you know the Did number you one. You know group, that our median, the, the number yeah, one group is go ahead. is people from India. So Indians. So I'm not saying Native Americans here. The number one group uh, in median household income, Indians, one hundred thirty one thousand seven hundred forty six dollars per household. That's impressive. Uh, whites are number two with uh, eighty five thousand. Then Latinos, sixty seven thousand per household. Middle Easterners, fifty six thousand. Uh, looks like blacks make around forty five thousand medium now. So it is more for whites, but it's not six or ten times more as they were alleging. And also, uh, why did they leave out Indians? Why do they yeah, make it sound know. like whites are the target when the highest median income uh, at about what seventy five percent more yeah. are Indian? Yeah, well, they also didn't include and what does Asians that tell who you? make more as well. So that's, uh, it's despicable. I mean, what does what that say doing? to you? What does it say to you? That minority, we are not a racist country. That mm-hmm. it's not holding whites back so whites can be number one. Indians and Asians perform better than whites. This is a meritocracy. That's what this is about. Oh, my gosh. They're just they have gone off the deep end. And now they are spinning this conspiracy theory. And I want to play something from from yesterday. Sarah, do you happen to have from yesterday the um, NPR uh, quote 
where they were talking about uh, how people are being scooped off the streets by these federal officers. There's something really important that I need to point out about this. Uh, Listen to this. Now, this is from NPR. This is their reporter asking another reporter a question. But I want you to listen to how the question is framed. Listen. So let me get this straight, Cheryl. We saw what happened in Portland, right? Like these federal agents on the ground, they would arrest people uh, without cause sometimes and put them in unmarked (laughs) vehicles. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that what this is going to be? Even though the president says it's about helping local police forces, are are we going to see a repeat of what we saw in Portland? Well, Attorney General William Barr says no. Mm. (sighs) Hmm. Mm-hmm. They are talking now about occupying forces. And they're, t- they're telling you lies about how they're scooped off the street. That is not happening. Without charges. And they're beginning without charges. And they're beginning to refer to people as occupying forces. They're like occupying forces. Mm-hmm. Why are they saying that? Because they are trying to make the United States into israel and they are trying to convince minorities Mm -hmm. that they are being occupied by white people it's despicable this is well documented it is it is wide out in the open nobody is talking about it because nobody's reporting on it we did on wednesday night special this last wednesday it's available for download right now at blaze tv the last five to six specials have been some of the most important specials that I think I've ever done because we are now at the end game scenario with the left and you need to understand what they're doing. Now, they're also setting us up for civil war after the election. Listen to this montage of what people like William Holder and senators and congressmen are now saying about sending in federal troops to protect federal buildings. Listen to how they're they're casting this. If he loses, and I expect that he will, uh, we have to be prepared for things that this nation has never faced um, before. And unfortunately, that could involve the use of, uh, you know, these these forces. It has been suggested that this is a trial run for the president of the United States who may be organizing uh, to not accept uh, what happens when we have the election. I think we should all take very seriously the prospect that this is, as I say, a dress rehearsal, a trial run. You don't draw. A line in the sand. Senator this country from Oregon. may be looking down the barrel of martial Ron law Biden. in the middle of an election. This is, I guess, the president's own version of martial law since mm. the real military uh, has kind of pushed back from doing that. Is there anybody, having watched Donald Trump for the last three and a half years, who doesn't think that Donald Trump would try to employ martial law this if he thought it was the only way he could is- stay in power? This is so outrageous, farther than anything anyone ever said about Barack Obama, at least on this program. Oh, by far, by far. And it is outrageous. Irresponsible fear-mongering, like I don't think I've ever seen before. And they, the, the accusations they threw at you in our show at the time that we were creating uh, hysteria among the base. What, what are they doing here? They are firing. You should... I mean, you got to take back every apology you've ever made again. I know you did it earlier in the show, but you you got to do it again because they do not. <laughs> I, I tell you, I am apology. They, I I tried to reach out to those people who were honest. 
people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found none. There, there just to weren't be any. Honest. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I was giving a mea culpa so we could have a conversation. But I have to tell you, after what our research has produced, and we know what they are doing, we were a right about ninety percent of the things that we said. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about you know what I think might happen. I mean the cases that we laid out when we said there is they are planting the seeds of a revolution. And here's who's doing it. It's all now verified. As if you watched this show last Wednesday night on Blaze TV, you saw we can verify it now. We can put names and places and quotes and signatures to all of the things that we talked about. And I have to tell you, uh, Katie Couric asked me, well, what do you mean by white culture? He has a problem with the white culture. What do you mean by that, racist? I'll tell you what I mean, Katie frickin' Couric. <laughs> exactly what's going on right now. Read the plank of the Democratic Party and how extreme they have become. Anybody who says any of all race is is bad and can never be forgiven and are responsible for all the things that are bad. That is a racist person. Barack Obama and all of his pals did listen to Jeremiah Wright, and this is the product of it. And if you, Katie Couric, and all you you hacks actually think you're going to be safe, they're going to drag you out in the street and they'll kill you as fast as they would kill me or anybody else. You are not doing yourself or this country any favors by by usurping the constitution of the united states this is a hostile takeover this is a coup that has been planned for a very long time and enough if you can't admit it i have no time for you none okay with that being said let me tell you about my pillow Latest, greatest sleep technology from MyPillow. Mike Lindell is at it again. MyPillow, the mattress topper. If you've ever used a MyPillow or any of the other products that come from this company, you are in for a treat with their mattress topper, especially if you if your bed is uncomfortable. Before you go out and spend the money for a new mattress, try the mattress topper because that can solve a lot of the problems. It's made with three layers. It provides superior support. It helps distribute your body weight evenly, and it regulates the temperature throughout the night. Four corner straps. It holds your topper into place. It's covered with a durable and soft as silk fiber that zips right off so you can wash and dry it. It will make your bed much more comfortable and your night's sleep much, much better. Right now, you can get 30% off the all-new MyPillow mattress topper plus two standard MyPillows in one great bundle. Just log into MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and use the promo code BACK. Receive this incredible offer right now with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Promo code BACK at MyPillow.com, 800-966-3117, 800-966-3117, or MyPillow.com, promo code BACK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, 
excited to uh, travel down to the great state of Texas, where we'll be broadcasting live uh, on Monday back in the uh, studios of uh, the Mercury Studios in Dallas, Texas. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for putting up for all of the technical delays and everything else that we've had over the last couple of months as we're up here at the uh, ranch. But we will be back down, and we have amazing shows and amazing uh, exposed programs coming for you as early as next week. So we'll see you then. Have a very safe and healthful weekend. Wear a mask, you know, like Cuomo does, only when the cameras are on.